hello 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 welcome to another episode of let's chat with show i'm your host show and i have a a podcast for you guys today and i the way i'm gonna do it is i'm gonna break it up into two parts because we have a lot a lot of ground to cover with this story and there's just not enough time in 30 minutes to really unravel the depth of this story because it gets really it gets dodgy um it gets there's some some parts to it that is just like um it's unbelievable it's to a point where it's unbelievable to a point where it's like if you don't get all the details right it could seem like it's just made up because it's that unbelievable at times so um let's get into it the title of this will be definitely part one um but the sordid tale of dave and shelly nodick um so i think it's important to start with shelly nodick because she is the mastermind behind a lot of what went on now I stumbled upon this story um, because I was like kind of being nosy on Audible and finding like kind of like true stories because I was reading fiction. People had me reading like weird stories because I asked my Twitter audience for suggestions on stories and people had me watching and reading weird stuff like they made suggestions and they told me it was a really good book and when I started to read that read it it was very heavy it was like uh, my dark Vanessa or Monday's not coming and those I want while it's important to tell stories that mirror real life and it's not all like a happy story um, it's also important that you take a break in between that so because I was watching and reading and researching all of these different stories, um, they were heavy. So I got nosy um, and I wanted to read a book on Audible that wasn't so, you know, dark. So I picked up these true stories and one of them was If You Tell by Greg Olson. What I read is that it's an incredible true story about sisterhood and secrets and the unspeakable bond of sister it's called the book is called if you tell a true story of murder family secrets and the unspeakable bond of sisterhood so that's what it's called and ugh, it is it's a wild story so it starts with shelly notick one of the main characters in um the book is shelly notick and it talks about her her history that as a girl, her mom and dad were married and then they got a divorce and they had Shelly. Shelly and her brother. She had a little brother and I think the brother, but he's not like a major player in the story. Um, but he is important because he's in the story. Like it, it's, it all goes back to her childhood. But Shelly's biological mother had three kids so that her bio mom had 
three children. She was the oldest out of all of them. Um, she was... Her, her original name is Shelly Nodick. Um, and it's just so... It's so important, I think, to note that these are the words of other people and their account of her. But it's also... I'm, because I'm such a why people do it type of thing, uh, more so than what they do, um, I'm going to give you guys uh, probably more to her backstory than you guys care. But it trust me, it's going somewhere. So Shelly, she was born the oldest of three kids um, in Raymond, Washington. Um, and she came to live with her parents. Uh, or her dad after her mother sent her to live with her father and his new wife and how that came to be is that she just told her her mom called her dad one day and was like you you made a promise after he got married to his new wife you made a promise to get your come and get your kids and I want you to make do on that and so she ended up her Shelly's mom ended up sending her to live with her dad and they found her, her mother dead in a hotel. So her other siblings that were not her dad's children, biological children, came to live with his, her dad and his new wife. Um, and the new wife had no idea really about the old wife and what she was like. But she quickly find, found out that she was manipulative and she like she tried to get the girls um her girls to come and stay with the new wife and Shelly's dad so pretty much sending her oldest who was biologically his his child and then her to her middle and her last child to come and live with them because she wanted to get rid of them Shelly's mom wanted to get rid of them they ended up finding her dead in a hotel. So Shelly's mom dead in the hotel of a parent. Um, they said it was a drug-related death. Um, they said that Shelly died because she, or Shelly's mom died because she was involved with a man who was involved in drugs and they ended up finding her dead in a hotel under suspicious circumstances. So Shelly and her two younger siblings came to live with their dad. Now, why is this important? It speaks to the type of childhood that she had in her mother, who her mother was. Her mother was very verbally abusive. She was manipulative. She was a, you know, she abused drugs. So the children were probably exposed to a lot of different co people coming in and out. And one thing I realized is that of like your childhood doesn't necessarily have to be chaotic for you to turn out messed up. But imagine how chaotic you will be if your childhood was that messed up. Like your mother died of a drug overdose. She pushed you off on your father. She pushed your siblings off on your father. It's just not, it's not looking like anybody wants these kids. Like, 
And the dad just took them in because Shelly, being his natural daughter, he took them in. But then the two younger kids were probably going to go to foster care. So he took them in, even though they were not his children. So as a child, Shelly was described <clears throat> as a manipulator. Like her stepmom, Lori, who actually was the one who tried to raise her right, described her as a manipulative child and also very sadistic in her mannerisms and how she behaved. She said that Shelly and she came to live with her father at 18 or a preteen. So her mom, the damage her mom was going to do she had already it was pretty good and solid in there the younger two not so much because she had a younger Shelly had a younger sister and a younger brother but the and then Lori ended up having a child and the so they there were like four kids in their home what she would do what Shelly would do is she would go to school her mom would buy her stepmom would buy her clothes brand new clothes and she would get rid of those clothes and change into something else when she went to school so she would go to a local store and this is how she got caught she'd go to a local store with one outfit before school and come out wearing something completely different and she was keeping this like change of clothes at the store so just real weirdo behavior and she would go to school and I get it like she probably her mom probably was giving her clothes that she wasn't um, you know enjoying another thing to note though is that Shelly grew up wealthy in a sense of her father was a business owner and so was her mom so they were not struggling for money so it's important to note that the clothing thing is weird because if you can't afford good, nice things, it's one thing because you're going to want to change. You, if you've got dirty clothes, that makes sense for a child who's struggling in poverty. She just did this out of, you know, behavioral for behavioral reasons like there from all accounts. It's just pretty much like she was doing these things just out of sheer rebellion and just as a big like middle finger to her her stepmother um and whatever she could do to embarrass their family she did it up until she got to high school and her her stepmom was like kind of naive with her behavior but in this story the most frustrating thread throughout and you'll hear me probably um, more than once mentioned this is that Shelly was a manipulator from a child from a childhood age but nobody really called her on her crap and dealt with it everybody just kind of um went along with her scheme and her plan um nobody really was culpable in her life for how they acted with her so she was allowed to carry on and do these little what you call hijinks and pranks and just manipulations throughout her life without anybody really checking her. And she had her her dad's mother, her maternal grandmother, 
who was a lot like her, manipulative and just evil. And she would support um, Shelly and her little, you know, pranks and her mischievousness. So Shelly, she was also like a mean woman to the grandkids. But for some reason, the parents kept bringing them over there anyways. And that's another thing that annoyed me is that her her parents, like her stepmother, Lori, she was trying, but the father was just really, he just decided to check out and leave all these kids with Lori, the stepmom, who only actually had like one biological child with him. The other was raising Shelly's mother's children. So not like his, Shelly was his only bio daughter, but he was raising her brother and her sister from her mom's first marriage, which is, I know it's getting tangled, but don't worry. I'm gonna, gonna lay it out. I'm gonna land this plane. I promise you. So Shelly does this, she becomes a very manipulative. I mean, she's always been from her stepmom, this manipulative child, but she grows in her level of evil her stepmom talks about how she would crunch up bo- glass bottles and put it in the younger kids' shoes. Um, or she would hide things that they needed at a time that they needed. And she would just sit and watch the chaos. She'd watch chaos from afar. So it just seemed like from a very young age, this child was ridiculously um, sadistic like and manipulative and I'm going to use these words because let's call this what it is it's not there's not any other like oh she's a troubled because I feel like when it's black children we never give them the permission to be um troubled or you know they had a lot going on so you know it's 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 expected that a black child would carry the world on their shoulder lose a parent um, and as long as they have resources or money, then they're supposed to be fine. They're not supposed to turn to a life of crime or, or any of this. But this girl was given so many free passes. Like the, the, her mother tried with her, she, her stepmother. And when I say her mother, I'm referring to her stepmother, Lori, not her biological mother, who at this point is dead. They found her dead in a hotel. And by the way, when they did find her, Shelly was very, she didn't like respond because she'd already been living with her dad. She didn't really respond. She didn't like cry or anything. Um, It just was kind of flat when she found out that her mom died. Like you were telling somebody that their lunch was ready. That's her response was just, it wasn't a response at all. So she she grows up and even though the, I'm not a fool crazy enough to believe that it's because a person doesn't react on the outside they're not affected on the inside I think she was very much affected by the death of her mother I think that she saw it as a bargaining chip um, for her father because people tend to um, overcompensate for a child when they lose a parent. Um, and I get it because they want to comfort that child in their time of grief. 
but there's also like a healthy way and an unhealthy way. And I feel like her parents were wealthy enough to get her therapy and to get her to see somebody, but they just, for whatever reason, and I honestly think it was her father because of other parts of the story where he has supported her in her folly. I really think that he was behind the, oh, just let Lori figure it out, the stepmother figure it out. Instead of him actually being involved in his children's lives, he just took the path of, oh, you know what? Well, she'll get him, she'll eventually leave the house and get married. So one thing that she did that she should have been out at that point, they should have just let her go to the foster care system. And I never advocate that for this as a child, but it gets to a point where children's behavior can get to a point, it can reach peak level where it's no longer just like innocent childhood things it's like this child needs help and because you refuse to get them proper help help or even when you you try to get them help you know they they destroy those means of getting help at that point this child needs to go to the system and it, it's because it's abuse on the the parents part you're not getting them the help they need and they're going to be a threat to society which is why we're even talking about this girl because if she had not committed crimes if she had not been in the prison system then we probably wouldn't even know about her so she goes to school and she tells the school system that her father has raped her that's a huge huge accusation so her parents don't know anything about it of course when the police call and to check on her and they research and they go ahead and bring the girl in they actually take her they take her into custody right so finally someone's doing what's what needs to be done they take her into custody because she's accused her father of rape they that's the one thing i can commend in this story is that the school system when she told them her father raped her they did the right thing they did not send her back to that household but they investigated that's not something they typically do because her father was a wealthy white man a lot of times they never investigate they're just like okay send the child back they investigated and they took her into to care and they had a primary care physician examine her and she turns out that she was a virgin. She was untouched. Like when they checked her, she was untouched. And now most people would say, well, maybe he did other things. The father did other things. I, I thought that too until they brought up the fact that Lori was cleaning her room once. And she found an article written by a kid in a magazine that says my father's raping me and it had all the details of the story that um Shelly had given the school and so they realized like this girl is a threat you know what they do do you think they they go ahead and get her therapy do you think they have her removed from their care any of that no you know what they did they tried to send her to a catholic school they tried to send her to boarding school they tried to send her away and they, they sent, finally, like, she was getting rejected because after the rape incident and the schools found out what she'd done, nobody, that she had lied, 
and said that her father raped her. Nobody wanted anything to do with this kid because her behavior patterns were being talked about amongst the schools. Like the the high-end schools didn't want her. So they her parents finally found a Catholic school thinking, okay, thank God they're going to take her in. She got the Catholic school refused to bring her back. They they started suggesting that her parents come and get her on the weekend, which was unusual for the school. And then finally, they would not take her back after she started doing the same tricks and um, things to the girls there. Now, once a Catholic school rejects you, and it's not to say that even, you know, Catholic school is the height of moral superiority, but I think a lot of them are willing to keep your children there um, if you're if you got the money. They had the money and they they couldn't pay someone to take this girl in. So her parents ended up having to try to scramble to find a school for her. Even family members took her in to try to make sure that somebody could school her. Nobody wanted it. Nobody wanted to deal with the manipulation because she lied and said her father raped her and nobody I personally wouldn't want that at my door but her her father's siblings were like let's take her in and so her father's um she went to go live with her father's sibling one of her her aunts and she went to the east coast because they were they were being, they were in Washington. She was born in Washington. They lived in this certain area on the West Coast. Her father's sister lived on the East Coast. So she, they sent her to live with her because Shelly had manip- manipulated her and got her to take her in. And she took the girl in and it was discovered that Shelly had orchestrated the divorce of one of their close friends um, by just telling lies and getting them, you know, them trusting this girl. And she ended up getting these two people to divorce, two grown adults, and she's a child. By manipulating and lying, she got them to get divorced. So the sister was like, okay, that's it. You guys can have her back. So she's now back in the home with her younger siblings. Um, And she's now back to manipulating and controlling her siblings. And at this point, like, her parents found a school that she could go to for a couple years that was away from them so that she could graduate. So while she was at school, she met this guy on the East Coast. She met this guy um, in high school that she liked and she dated, but... He eventually got tired of her as well and her shenanigans, but she um, she convinced him after graduation that if he would come to their hometown, her father would have a job for him. Um, so the, the guy was like, okay, you know, I need a job after high school, so I'll go. So he went and he found out that her father was pretty much trying to push her off on him and force them to get married because Shelly told everybody she loved this man. She was in love with him and everybody, to be quite honest, instead of them like being like, okay, you're 18, you have to get out. 
whatever after graduation like you're just unsafe for our children her father tried to employ her at the nursing home that he is part of his businesses in nursing homes and she just would never show up to work so they ended up having to fire her so at this point her father was trying to get rid of her um and so they saw this poor man as the way out so her first husband they pushed her off on him um and let's give her first husband the name of joe so her family finds out that there's this guy who's coming and shelly's telling them she loves him and so the family manipulates this guy into marrying her and pushing her off on him and they had this sort of shotgun wedding and he goes along with it because he's working for her father and at this point i'm just thinking like why is this woman able to manipulate these this these adults and people who are no it's one thing to try to manipulate your parents and do that in your household and that being tolerated but it's another thing for your parents to try to push you off on other people and then those other people go for your shenanigans or they're scared of you nobody really deals with it everybody just pushes her around like pushes the blame starting with her father and so they push her off on this man and they get married in a sort of shotgun wedding style and Shelly has her first child with this guy his name is and her child's name is Nikki and eventually this man gets tired of her crap and divorces her and she's single and she tries to work but she ends up just getting um getting babied by her father and he's still supporting her even though she'd been married at the time and also to note she had lied and said she had been raped and beat up in a neighborhood because she felt like it was not a fancy enough neighborhood for her because now that she was 18 she felt like her father owed her a nice house or somebody did and she wanted her husband her new husband who was just out of high school to buy her a nicer house in a more expensive neighborhood and pretty much destroy their their credit and live hood rich with her and he wasn't he wasn't buying it so her she claimed that she had been raped and her father and her husband called the police and went there and it turns out she hadn't been raped they they checked on her and she had not been raped like they did a rape kit and she had not been raped she's just lying because she didn't want to be in that neighborhood so that's that's step one but eventually her husband gets tired of it and he divorces her and of course they leave custody of precious the precious Nikki in her her care. At this point Shelly becomes single a single mom and of course she milks her parents as much as possible. Her father keeps trying to get her a job at his nursing home. And that's another thing that I hate is when people who are business owners let their family work there because they're family and they need a job but these people are awful for the business Shelly was awful for the business she never showed up to work because she didn't feel like she had to because she was the boss's daughter and one thing she knew about her father his name was Les um Les was going to do whatever it took 
to keep her out of his hair and away from his family, but not whatever it took to make sure Shelly got the help she needed. They should not have, I feel like this, how they treated her in her early time, in her early life, in her 18, 19 years old phase, they should have gotten her help. Instead, they passed her off like a hot potato. And it reminds you of those demon movies where they, they the Catholic priest um, casts a demon out and it goes into someone else unsuspecting. Like, they don't banish the spirit, so to speak. They don't command the spirit to go away and not come back. They, they cast the demon out and that demon just possesses someone else. That's kind of how I felt like they did with Shelly. The parents were like, okay, you gotta go, but let's marry you off to some unsuspecting stranger. Like we've we've had years of of who you are and you ruining things for other people close to us. Let's pass you off into the sky to marry. Instead of getting you the help you need and really exposing who you are as a person. And I think their complicit complicity in all of this led to her being able to kill later on in her life and abuse and continue a cycle of abuse, torture, killing, um, and being this monster that forced her daughters to keep such awful secrets. It really, really played a part in what was going on. So bear this in mind. Um, keep this in mind. Keep this in your little repertoire because we're going to get off into it in part two. We're going to just go because now you know where she's coming from and the type of person she is. Keep keep this in mind, guys, because it's about to get real, real, real reckless up in here. And bear in mind that this is a true story. It's based on a true story. So I'm going to end it here, but um, yeah, happy new year for those of you who are just now tuning in and until next time, we'll come to part two. Let's chat.